This show is sponsored by APCW Wrestling Academy. Learn wrestling from WWE Hall of Famer Robert Gibson. If you're interested in becoming a professional wrestler, contact them at 770-871-5417 or online at apcwdouglasville at gmail.com. Also, buy collar and elbow brand. Save 10% on your next purchase by using our discount code WPNRussell. That's WPNRussell at checkout and get a discount on great collar and elbow products. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in, downloading, or streaming wherever you're listening to this particular podcast episode. I appreciate it. But before the podcast kicks off, I just have to make one quick note about the interview. Generally speaking, uh, especially on iTunes, this podcast is labeled as uh, generally family friendly. There's not a lot of bad words or anything like that that goes around. However, in this particular interview, the language does get strong at certain points. So I want to be sure that I put that out there, even though that is labeled as family-friendly on your download device, on your platform, wherever that happens to be, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, uh, iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, etc., etc. Even though you may see it on there, there will be a, a time or two where a couple of F-bombs gets dropped. Uh, my guest got a little bit worked up, and she was... Uh, she was letting it fly, and I certainly wasn't going to stop her because it, it was the interview was going well. But I, I want to warn you, the listener, in case you are listening with your children or something of that nature. All right, that is all the warning. So now on with the show. You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. The WWE Championship. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. The Wild Renaissance continues today on the podcast. All right. Yeah, we, we got a young lady who is um, uh, better known to most of you as one half of the Asian invasion. We're going to discuss her time with the company, that being Wow Women of Wrestling, uh, the original uh, cast, that is. Her feelings towards the world of pro wrestling and why she stepped away and a few things in between. So, ladies and gentlemen, my guest today, Lotus. Ooh, hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing wonderful now that you're here. You know, we. All right, let's rock and roll. Yeah, I've done it's a fair, fair job of tracking you guys down. <laughs> You know? All right. So, you know, and, and I guess we have to skip past some of the stuff because, you know, I've done a number of these now. And then I find that most of you guys have kind of come across WOW roughly the same way. But I don't want to uh, skip over your introduction into the wrestling business. So uh, can you give me a recap as to how you uh, came to be involved with WOW in the first place? 
Okay, well, the ironic thing about the whole thing is um, when I was in elementary school, my girlfriends and I were tomboy, or I don't know what you call us, but, but we were like a cross between girly girl and tomboy. And we used to watch wrestling, especially glow on the weekends religiously. I recall I was in fifth grade. I was 10 years old, and my girlfriends and I, they can vouch for me. We used to watch Mount Fiji, Hollywood and Vine, and, and, and Big Bad Mama. And we used to watch them <laughs> growing up wrestling. And um, I was a Tom because I, had, I grew up with two older brothers. And we used to rough house, and we would mimic the moves on on Glow, and and I I was just so intrigued because I never saw that other than Wonder Woman at that time, you know, on TV, and that just planted a scene. I was just in, intrigued with the whole female action uh, hero. And I was always intrigued with, like, you know, martial arts movies and Bruce Lee and and all that jazz and the epitome of of like that ultimate chick was like that hot athletic martial artist, you know, athletic badass chick. Yeah. So in that era, that image was all promoted and while it was actually the first globe before a while was um, that paved the way and I was so intrigued by it. and behold, you know, 20 years later, I'm auditioning for this role. I'm like, oh my God. And it wasn't even a role, a major role where my, my agent submitted me. It was something very I don't know how I even got in contact with maybe it was backstage account. It was very minuscule and I um, responded to the casting and I got picked to, uh, you know, to, to show up and audition. So from what I heard, I heard back then it was like, you know, like 1,200 girls tried out for it. And out of 1,200, I think like three or 400 got called in. Uh, we auditioned for it. We got a call back and out of like three, 400 out of 1,200, um, I believe like 120 um, had potential. We and then a few of us made it to boot camp, and then out of boot camp, like half of the chicks made it to, you know, contract. And I'm like, wow, this is so awesome because I grew up watching this, and it, it, it just that's how I got into hell. It was just like very ironic. Yeah. It was kismet, uh, destiny. It meant to was. Be. It was. A, I didn't think of. I thought of it, but I didn't think of it. See what I'm saying? And it just came into fruition. I thought it was the biggest trip of my life. Well, it must have been because I mean, here you are telling me that you basically went from watching what a lot of us consider the, I mean, the spiritual successor. Let's call it to WoW because, technically speaking, it's it's not the. Uh, sister promotion, but it basically is because you, you got the kind of same vibe. It's kind of the similar characters, and David, of course, you got the David McLean connection there. So, uh, in, in large part, whether it's official or no, it is looked at as a, a kind of a spiritual successor to the program. And you were, you know, naming off people, so clearly you were a fan. And and lo and behold, you became one of them. <laughs> 
You became uh, a, I, a wild girl. It was so surreal. <laughs> it was just so surreal. And I'm just so happy I was part of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, wild has its place. You know, it had its place in the uh, history of television slash the history of, of pro wrestling. You, you you managed to make the, the, the weight or make the cut, I should say. Uh, I was just talking with uh, another colleague of yours not all that long ago, Bronco Billy, and she was telling me about that that very same I thing. I love her. She's my girl. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now she also told me, and, and I came across a couple of pictures actually, that there were a few wild girls that were, I, I'm assuming, were kind of picked but never made it to TV. I mean, they, I, I guess it got down to the to the final cut do you do you recall anything like that because the only one that she remembers yeah yeah even the girls a contract it'd be like there's like a handful i think four or five maybe four that didn't make make it to tv um because we abruptly got canceled because of Mm 9-11 um we just started up and there was a lot of potential and then boom 9-11 showed up i'm like oh my god really oh my, i thought it was like my dream and then that happened so yeah there's a handful of the wild girls who didn't make it on tv well that sucks that's terrible that's, yeah because i mean I, I don't know as those that listen out there and i may put a couple yeah I may could have put a couple of these pictures out on the uh, Facebook page, the uh, Women's Pro Wrestling Network. A uh, quick plug for me. Uh, if you haven't seen the pictures of some of these girls that never made it on, or I guess different versions of them, then this might be a treat for you because uh, we got promotional pictures of, like I said, Koala Kate, which is a character that never made yeah. it on the television. I think there's a girl mm-hmm. named Madison. From uh, from where yep. Bronco told me, there was actually another Bronco Billy before she assumed the role, and I yep. I want to say that there was another Hammer and Heather Steele before the young lady that took the role uh, assumed it. So there was a lot of kind of yep. juggling of of persona and character that was going on there before uh, TV started to roll out. Right, right. Uh, did. I don't know how you perceived it being on your end of it. Being involved in it, was this more of an acting gig than it was wrestling, or was it more wrestling than acting? Or, you know, how, well, how would you describe okay. it? Okay, I, I, I got to, uh, you know, admit this to you. Uh, it was a casting call. So hmm. I have to agree with you that majority of the people that turned out was, it was, a, it was an acting role. Wait, a little bit of, you know, like an athletic acting role with that one. So, um, it just ended up being something more than we imagined. But yeah, initially it was more of an acting gig. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if that explains it. We didn't know it was to this level. But it was obviously, you know, catered to people who are, you know, girls who were into acting that was, was more athletic. Okay. I, you know, 
And the, the only thing that I can really equate it to, and I know nobody that's listening probably going to know what I'm talking about, but hey, I look at a lot of documentaries. I wasn't born in the 60s. I just like the documentary on, on, the, on the monkeys. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I can really equate it to is, is that TV show, The Monkeys, because it, you had a, a, a casting call for a group of guys who could play instruments and be musical, and then they formed a group opposed to let's find a group and make a TV show about them. Is that that makes sense? It sounds like that's what Wow was. It's like let's find some athletic girls that will. Wow was a no. Uh, we'll, I, I, yes, I kind of agree with you. It's so funny you actually mentioned the monkeys because <laughs> I have a link with uh, uh, with uh, Mickey uh, from the monkeys. It was Dolan's? a judge at one of the Hawaiian topics. <laughs> Dolan's exactly. So funny you brought that up because right when I was getting into Wow. I met him. He was a judge at Miss Hawaiian Tropics uh, pageant that I was into because I was into modeling and acting back then. Mm -hmm. And right when I was getting into, uh, well, I actually met him. He was uh, a judge. And uh, there's a little thing going on where um, we're in Laughlin. And um, I don't want to say anything bad, but he was surrounded with a lot of beautiful girls. And he thought he was, you know, Mr. Judge, and he was giving out money to gamble, and that money was, like, I don't know, like, $50 per person. I know it's just laughing. (laughs) He wasn't the most impressed out of the bunch, but... Anyways, uh, the monkey. But as far as Wow uh, is concerned, I think that was intentional because prior to Wow, there there was Glow, and David McLean brought back and revived Glow. So um, it wasn't just you know something random. Um, maybe as far as like luck, uh, maybe it was equivalent to the monkey. But yeah, it wasn't random. It was intentional because he had. Prior to. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean that, and if I say it random, maybe that should that would be a wrong choice of words. I guess I meant that more along the lines of the the structure of how it was built in terms of uh, in terms of casting, because I mean, particularly today, because there's another variation of why that he's doing it. We'll get into that later. They've leaned more towards at least casting uh, some wrestlers straight off the independence. Now, they still get actors and models that, that come in who have an athletic background and they kind of, you know, mold them into that. But clearly the the casting of the roster has kind of changed a bit, whereas in the, what was that, 2000, 2001, where the first one was, uh, it was almost all actors at, at the time which which just reminded me of what the monkeys was they wanted somebody who had the the uh, skill set to do it but weren't necessarily a group and they just for, turned them into a group but anyway you know <laughs> that, that, yeah that's not i see where you're coming from I, yeah yeah i see where you're coming from mm-hmm. but honestly he was intentional about hiring actors because Actors with athletic ability. So, you know, it's not like if he just conjured this up and, you know, wanted like a performance and just strictly hiring actors. No, uh, it was imperative to him that he hired actors 
who were also athletic. Uh, half the people were like in the stunt industry or professional cheerleading or, or whatnot. They were all athletic chicks, but he didn't just specifically hire actors. No, it was a combination of, you know, theatrics, athleticism, because he was, he 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 wanted to elevate the character's performance. You know what I'm saying? It, it wasn't just about performance. He also wanted to elevate the, the character. He was very, very... Um, um, I remember it was very important when he had a discussion with all of us that we sell our character. So apparently just because you're athletic and you're a professional wrestler, if you're hired and you're, you know, put out in mainstream media on TV, doesn't mean you're going to be good at selling your character. So it was imperative that you had both qualities. Not only were you athletic, but you were also, you know, uh, had acting ability where you can sell your character because just being Sporty does not mean that you're going to engage your 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 uh, fan Audience. base. Does, does that make sense? It does. It does, and that's fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. And you bring up a good point there. That uh, I guess he was being kind of specific and making sure that uh, there was some athleticism back there. Or and you you brought up the fact that some of them had. Uh, professional cheerleading backgrounds, uh, stunt women, which I, I saw there was several of them. Uh, I think yeah. uh, April was Riot, I think, she was a stunt woman. Yeah, yoga, Pilates, you... yeah, yeah, it was uh, fitness models, right. Okay, so, uh, so I, I guess the natural question here would be, uh, your background, you already had the acting going on in there, so did you have a sports background? proceeding going into WoW also, or were you just bound and determined and your, and your grit kind of carried you through? Honestly, um, I didn't like, I, I wasn't a professional cheerleader or professional anything, but my background was hardcore tomboy. I grew up with two brothers. I grew up watching Glow. Um, I was always getting into fights. Uh, growing up, uh, I was like, I was always physical, and I, I, and I did dabble with cheerleading, martial arts, and gymnastics. But was I a professional? No. But did I have a passion for that background? Absolutely. Um. So um, I don't know what you want to label me as, but um, I, 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 I was um. I was a little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to label you determination and grit. I told my character, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's yeah. the label we're going to slap on you. I was an eclectic one. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Now, uh, the character Lotus, where did she come from? Was that something that you walked into the door with? like, hey, this is what I, what I want to play. Or did they just have a list of characters that they were just like, all right, look, you know what? We think you'll play and make a good Lotus, so here you are. How did, how did that work out? No. No? No. Okay. Tell the me the story. Character Lotus, the character Lotus never existed. Okay. Uh, when when David McLean um, brought up WoW and, and wanted to pitch it, the main character really was 
Jade with no tag team partner. Bronco right. Billy, uh, Terry, you know, Terry, that all American chick. Mm. Be- yeah, Becky, the farmer's daughter. There is just a handful of all American or, you know, that stereotypical roles. You know, maybe like top five or six. Okay. Everyone else was catered towards their individual specialty like he had his main characters that he wanted to promote and then everyone else probably impressed him and he personalized the character but lotus in particular did not exist in fact david wanted an antagonist part of jade jade's the you know baby face and um he wanted a heel version of you know the Asian chick, right? Okay. Yin and yang. Okay, so there was no Lotus. There was no Asian invasion. Initially, I auditioned for Jade. I had no re- I had no idea of anything else. But it just so happened a good friend of Dave, uh, his assistant, ended up being Jade, uh, which was my tag team partner. Yes. And um, initially... I was supposed to be her antagonist. So I was originally supposed to be Dragonfly, the heel version of Jade. But lo and behold, like, I don't know what kind of state I was in back then. Um, He liked me a lot. We meshed. uh, David was, yeah, I, I, I sold him on the Lotus thing. I just could not at that time. You know, little did everyone know I can easily be dragonfly fly at the heel now. But at that moment, I was in a different state of mind. I was like in that spiritual zen state of mind at that time. And it was just difficult for me to play any antagonist. Okay. So I picked the Lotus idea for him. And I pitched the tag team uh, idea to him. So instead of Dragonfly, because I I, ju- I was just not comfortable selling Dragonfly as a heel at that time. Today I would be Dragonfly in a heartbeat <laughs> with my eyes closed. <laughs> but at that time I just couldn't sell that. I was not in that state. Okay. Um, I just couldn't. So I I told David my situation and I pitched him on the tag team partner and um, Lotus because. The reason why I pitched in this tag team partnership was because at that time I just wanted, you know, Asians were not very represent, you know, weren't very, you know, weren't represented in Hollywood, and I felt like unity was a better focus to drive a crowd. So if I, I was, you know, I was just thinking in a business standpoint um, at that time because you know, you know, I was a minority and Asians weren't, you know. There's no Asian characters back then. And I thought rather splitting the fan base for this minority character, I'd rather unify it. And then he liked that idea and he he thought, you know what, worst case scenario, we could, you know, um, down the storyline, we could always have you guys turn on each other and go with my original script. But, um, oh, okay. Lotus was created by me, and the casting partner was conjured by me, and I pitched that to him, and he was sold. Oh, all right. So we have uh, now yeah, learned. 
dragonfly. I was supposed to be dragonfly. Uh, so I you, heal. So you had an a di- entirely different character pitched to you. Basically, the the yin to Jade's yang. Uh, you uh, pitched Lotus, got Lotus, and essentially you were part of the creative of the of the tag team altogether. Exactly, because I, I felt like it was a business de- uh, uh, determination for me because at that time, Asians weren't very represented, so I didn't want to split our fan base, and I thought we would be more successful if we unified well, first and then maybe split off later. That's a that's a pretty good thing. I mean, especially considering, you know, uh, the landscape of TV. I mean, I know some people would tend to believe that, well, well TV was pretty evolved even back in 2000, turn of the century and all that stuff. But even then, uh, representation, even now, to some to some degree, that representation across the board uh, becomes very difficult and hard to achieve. I mean, uh, of course... The thing I always go back to is Hollywood Shuffle. You know, it's, if you're a black actor in Hollywood, the last thing that you want to be doing is playing the gangster and the pimp. But that's 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 essentially what they have for you to do. So, uh, in putting it in that perspective, not wanting to uh, represent your culture negatively, I can understand why you would uh, say, "Hey, why can't we just put this thing together?" We have two positive uh, role models out there instead of just one. So, I mean, that makes sense. Well, it wasn't even about positive or negative. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't even about that. It was all about, look, the reality. Like, number one, I wasn't in that space. Like, I couldn't res- represent a heel at that time, which I could easily represent now. <laughs> because I wasn't really... Um, ready for public scrutiny you know i i just got into the entertainment industry i I don't want people to not like me as a heel you know i I was just a new actor and i i didn't know i didn't want to handle any negativity i'd rather represent a positive character versus a negative where the whole world hates me as a heel um Number one and number two is also look, we're a minority of minorities in Hollywood. Honestly, Asians we are the minorities of minority in this country and also in Hollywood. But but if you look at everything in a worldly perspective, we're probably the most populated. So it's kind of like a catch twenty two. But specifically in Hollywood, we are the minority of minority. And I didn't want to split our fan base in a business perspective. All right. Outside of you pitching Lotus and pitching the tag team, did you have any further creative input as far as the direction of the the team, the Asian invasion? I mean, who picked the name? Let's, Let's start with that. Oh, the Asian invasion was my thing. Okay. Because I always felt like that was my thing. I I said that before, uh, well, like in high school. I just felt like, you know, throughout history, throughout entertainment industry, you know, the, you know, different ethnic groups rise up and, you know, have their moment. 
um, at that time, the 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 Latin art, like J Lo and 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 whatnot, was hot. And I felt like, you know, the blacks came out up, uh, the Latins came up, and next, uh, what else is left? The Asians, right? <laughs> so that's how I thought of the Asian invasion. I've been seeing this even before WoW. Okay. So, so did you continue to have a, a hand in the creative as far as the storylines that you were uh, taking part in or... Or once you did that, you just handed it over. It's okay, okay, guys. I've I've given you Lotus. I've given you the tag team. I've given you the tag team name. Here you go. Uh, one thing about David, he was he had his direct way of doing things, and Selena Majors is a close, you know, input for him. Uh, she has a huge deal to do with the storyline. Um, David was open to suggestions, but not from everybody. Okay. Just a few had access to him uh, as far as storyline. And it's not like if we went out of our way and like, oh, I want to do this and we demanded storylines. No. Um, there's just a few that he was, you know, he probably was a little bit more fond than the others. Um, and we just suggested a few things, a storyline or whatnot, and he incorporated it if we sold him on it. It, it was really simple as, as that. It wasn't, you know, or, you know, it wasn't nice and like all, like deep and serious where you have to hire attorneys for the storylines and make sure it's not copyright, you know, anything like that. No, um, he was, David is very down to earth. And receptive. Like, once he likes you and he respects you, he's open to your feedback. And um, if, if you could sell him on your feedback and a pitch, he's open to it. How can you not be? You know, if someone suggests you something wonderful and you feel like, you know, it can be successful, why wouldn't you? So David was really down to earth and receptive to feedback, but it's not like if every single one of us had feedback or every single one of us demanded it. No, it was casual. It was for the moment. It was uncalculated, but maybe a little bit methodical. <laughs> okay. Who handled writing the show week to week? I'm assuming Dave McLean oversaw it, but was he actually the head writer, or did he have a group of guys no, that we had sitting Steve. there? Hmm? Steve Blanche was the writer for Glow, and he was also the writer for Wow. Um, I love Steve Blanche. He's an awesome guy, sweet man, but a lot of people complained because they said like he's stuck in the 80s. You know, the characters he portrays is bubblegum, 80s, outdated. But the guy who was sweet. But I can see where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. He was in a different generation. He was stuck in the glow generation. Okay. Well, how did you feel that the Asian Invasion creative was? Did you think it could be handled better? Or did you think that the characters of Jade and Lotus were handled just fine? No, I was so frustrated from beginning to end. Okay, but so, I can't, you so know, let's like, talk about that. 
Well, I, mean, I have to keep reminding myself it's a character. It's not real. <laughs> well, yeah, that that's true. But I mean, you you do invest a certain amount of yourself into it because rustling rustling's slightly different than you know the typical sitcom because you know that line gets blurred a lot, and you, oftentimes you're not regarded as so and so playing the part of Lotus. People would just look at you and say, "Hey, that's Lotus." Right, and you're also bringing yourself into that character on top of it, mm-hmm. whether it's a native character or not. Um, yeah, I was frustrated with the character from the beginning. No, actually, not from the beginning. I had I saw a lot of potential in the uh, character and the technique partnership. Okay, from the beginning, but the storyline had to flow a certain way, and because of that way, I was frustrated. Because the storyline was to be where we keep losing. And then we finally win at the end. So we have to keep leaving. And we got canceled. So we, so we never got to win. And the, the, do you understand where I'm coming from? So yes. I, I was really frustrated. And that only confirmed the 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 stereotype of Asians and Asian Americans in society as a whole, like you know, we're not confrontational. Uh, we're like, if, if there's going to be physical confrontation, we're going to. It, it just it just frustrated me because I am like a you know I I am so fiery. Uh, I'm like a little spit fire. I know that's Jade's character, but I'm probably more, I'm like 10 times more aggressive than she is and probably more than aggressive. Wow. It just infuriated me because I'm just sitting there in my character, smiling, nodding, but I'm just, you know, peeing. Um, it just seems like every TV or movie at that time I'm watching Asian characters and we're just like, oh, so funny. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, same thing. We're the passive. And yeah. that just pisses me off because I am the furthest thing from that. And yeah. it just infuriates me. And, and I guess with them pitching this saying, hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to have this long term. I mean, I don't know how they pitch yeah. it, but I'm assuming that they say we got this long term storyline. And you guys are going to lose and lose and lose and lose and lose. And then yeah. you finally get one in the end. But now my question is, because I'm, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. And, and I'm imagining somebody coming to say, okay, Brian, you're gonna, we're going to do this 12-week story. And you're going to lose 11 of those. And then you're going to win. And my, my first question on my mind is like, okay, where's this win going to come from? Who is going to, first off, how... After I've been beaten repeatedly, how am I going to suddenly turn around and, and get a win? And secondly, who's going to buy that after this point? Well, that's what I'm saying. Did you know out of all the WoW girls, everyone at least won one match? Yes. One match, everybody won. Even cheating, they won. Yes. I'm the only person in WoW that did not win one match. So I'm still mad, and one day I want to get back in that ring and I want to kick somebody's fucking ass. I'm pissed. 
Ever, even Jay's won the one match without me. Yeah, she went back and won one. I didn't see that. Honestly, like, this is personal. Everyone in WoW won a match. Even by cheating. I'm the only one in freaking WoW that did not win one match. Even Jay's won a match, and I didn't. And I am like... I can't wait till I'm 60 years old and go in there and kick somebody's ass. <laughs> I'm so pissed. No, I'm, I'm like, that, like, pisses me off. Uh, well, I, I can understand that, but, but uh, okay, so did they give you, I know we never saw it. I know it never happened. But did they say, okay, hey, when you win is going to be under these circumstances with this story against this person, did they give you anything other than your win eventually? Nope. We were uh, we were canceled by then, and if there was a storyline, it was all around Jade. Okay. Well, I, okay. Jade. Now, now that's the other thing. I did see that. Now, I, in doing the research that you know, preparing for talking to you and whatnot, I went back and watched the Asian Invasion and the Lotus matches and the Asian Invasion matches. Now. The one thing that I did come away with that you just brought it up is a lot of that storyline was centered on your partner. It was Jay's grandma's coming here and she's sitting in the front row trying to give her inspiration, this, that, and the other, and blah, 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 blah. And you didn't really hear a lot about that as it related to the Lotus character. What was the deal there? Why why did they... Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was the whole point. I was supposed to be skinny, and I was supposed to turn on Jade, and I was supposed to turn into a heel ah. and resume my original dragonfly role. Okay. But I wasn't, but I'm not supposed to be called dragonfly. So yes, the tide was gonna turn, and I was supposed to resume my role and get frustrated and turn into a heel. That was the storyline. Okay. But it never made it that way. It was canceled. Mm. Well, that's that's disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I want vengeance. I don't care if I'm 60 years old. Set it up. I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna beat them up. Scratch eyeballs, poor hair. <laughs> oh, you don't you don't want to do that, do you? You don't want to scratch eyeballs and poor hair. No, no, no. I don't want to pull hair, but I, I do want to grab a bat, and maybe like smack someone in the head. <laughs> Now, now, I do want to say for, for those that are listening and uh, are curious about your exploits in the ring, uh, I know technically I'm not supposed to endorse WoW outside of the WoW uh, website and whatnot, but I don't work for the company, so I can say what I want. Uh, you can go and find all these episodes of WoW in every match. It does exist. All you got to do is just punch it into YouTube. It will It will pop up. Uh, I'm not going to mention yes. the guy's channel because I don't want it to get pulled down or anything like that, but you can find it if you look hard enough. We'll just I'll put it that way. So um, let's go off into uh, the pay-per-view because I've asked every wild girl that I've talked to uh, their feelings on why they thought the pay-per-view didn't do as well as it should have and why the wild got pulled off of the air. And, I, and I've gotten a couple of different answers and I'm, I'm interested in hearing what your uh, interpretation of that is. Okay. 
Well, this is what I, I've known. I don't know. It could be similar to the other real stories, but there's a few uh, reasoning behind that. Um, pay-per-view was right before 9-11. So um, what came up in the summer, pay-per-view was like, what, uh, February? And then it got canceled. Yes. And then it got never got renewed, and then nine eleven showed up, so that even delayed it. So that was the time frame. Um, as far as purview, at that time, I was told that it was too premature. Number one, we didn't have enough following, and then paper view showed up. Yeah, that's number one. Okay. So they should have waited and hold hold off until people got engaged into the storyline, right? I That's agree. one reason. Number two, number two is um oh uh, what you want to call? Oh my god, I'm drawing a blank. Um, <laughs> obviously, two is uh nine eleven. Whether it was successful or not, it could not continue because nine eleven studio was shot. David pulled out and was focused on something else. I think like hockey, polo, or whatever he was. Uh, he was into it back then. Mm-hmm. And number three, another failure of the pay-per-view was David McLean was very adamant about targeting the 18 to 35-year-old um, age range. Okay. Uh, and uh, he, he wanted to be... he, But he was promoting... It's kind of a contradictory. He was... He was targeting 18 to 45, but he was also targeting to kids. So it's kind of like a catch-22. So is it going to be sexy, wild, and hot? Or Mickey Mouse, you know, uh, yeah. Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse, whatever. So it's kind of contradictory in that way. So, um, so he's like targeting both, you know, um, uh, both. What, what I'm like crying about one because my dog yeah. is biking. <laughs> no, okay, well, so uh, targeting uh, both demographics, aiming, you know, demographics. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> keeping but the highly it's, colorful it's characters and kids, and yet at the same time, I'm going to aim for 18 to 35 male and run exactly, this exactly. bikini contest but throughout the country. Half is not going to like it. Half, half of the people are going to be like, what the hell is this? It's so Mickey Mouse. And the other half is going to be like, the parents are going to be like, what are you doing to my kid? So it's like a contradiction. So the reason why it also failed was because I heard um, it was gory in pay-per-view with the Selena Majors episode with the uh, blade, with the blood and blood and gore going on. So that turned off the uh, uh, the the uh, the child demographic, the under eighteen demographic. Okay. Yeah, she, so, she was a bloody mess at the end. Yeah, of the it was walking contradiction. Contradiction. What are you going to cater to? Are you going to cater to Mickey Mouse or uh, adults? Horny adults, eighteen to thirty-five. <laughs> but the thing, the whole. Uh, but that's the thing, the whole, you know, blade cutting and bleeding didn't even fit into both. So we lost all. We lost the kids and the parents, and we lost the 18 to 35 who wanted hot chicks, you know, oil wrestling and pulling hair barefoot with thongs into gore. 
So it's like, what are we doing? It's like we have three different following that we couldn't cater to all at once. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it sounds to me as if, uh, I mean, to, to summarize, like, why I was trying to serve too many masters. Like, hey, I, I want to serve the master exactly. of getting kids in here with the colorful colorful girls and outfits and the and the pretty tame storylines that they could digest but at the same time we got girls so let's have them in let's get this bikini contest going and get the 18 to 35 guys and then i want the but i want to get the hardcore wrestlers too or hardcore wrestling fans exactly so let's get some blood so exactly so so everyone's going to be disappointed you're serving three masters it's like i don't like this i don't like that like all right, like oh, I'm trying to make all of y'all happy, but nobody's happy because no one gets the best of anything. Does that make sense? It does, and you know that that's another element to that story that I had not heard. The whole thing about the pay per view coming too fast because um, again, and I'm gonna put, put a quick plug in for a past interview. Um, I talked with Vanya, Jacqueline Hyde, and uh, <clears throat> when we spoke about the pay per view deal. She kind of helped me structure the timeline of when she was hired, when Wild went on the air, to when the pay-per-view happened. And when she was saying it to me, I was like, well, wait a minute. The only way that that pay-per-view could have come at that point is if they planned to do that before Wild even started up. I was like, Yeah, it was too premature. There was no following. There's no following. Why are you doing pay-per-view so early? There's no following. And and the only reasoning I could have come up with at that point is that wrestling was still relatively hot. And maybe somebody thought that, hey, as long as there's wrestling in the title, somebody will buy it. But, but you know, that proved to be different. I mean, I, I did see what was the alleged pay-per-view buy rate, which wasn't, you know, exceptionally high. So I can I can only assume that that operated in the red in total. That's not a hero. Yeah, so you got my perspective. <laughs> so, well, well, again, you added a different layer onto that because the the idea that WoW was serving one too many masters is an interesting thought because I hadn't really put it together. Like, yeah, that is a very interesting point. Uh, I'd always looked at WoW as being, you know, somewhat for the kids, but when you bring up I hadn't thought about no, the No, it was not for the kids. Kids don't have to leave. They don't spend money. It's 18 to 35-year-olds that spend money. Come on. <laughs> well, there you go. And, you know, that, that like I said, that swimsuit competition that ran throughout the whole deal and then, you know, the, the blood. Yeah, the and those women want to see dyke chicks cutting each other with razors. <laughs> well... <laughs> That that was yet another shade or a piece of the curtain that uh, Bronco pulled back. So, <laughs> yeah. So she said that too. Uh, well, yeah. That's she, she's my girl. I love her. Yeah, Bronco didn't seem all all that entirely pleased with uh, Selena at the time, but I won't go into that. Oh no! Selena. No, I, I don't. I don't mean that. I mean, it's more than her. She she did bring up her sexuality. I'll I'll put that out because I really hadn't given it thought. But uh, yeah, she she kind of threw that out there at me. I was like, oh, okay, well, I wasn't aware of that, but all right. 
Well, you know, as long as I'm not the only one, it was very obvious. But um, her sexuality really had nothing to do with it. Oh yeah, not, no, I don't think that that would have anything to do with it being canceled. I don't. Yeah, that wouldn't have any any play in that. If anything, if anything, her sexuality should uh, sell more to the eighteen to thirty five. If, if that's what they were looking for, it's just, look, but. <laughs> I guess it would depend on the circumstances, but that wasn't going to happen on the wild TV. I know that. So Bronco said that too, huh? That's really <laughs> smart. I, I like Bronco. She knows what's up. Yeah, Bron- Bronco was a uh, she was an entertaining young lady. <laughs> oh, she knows what's up. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of drama about that. That, but um, yeah, Bronco knows what's up. That's why I love her. Well, she she did uh, put out some some issues of drama that took place behind the scenes. Again, she pulled the curtain back. And uh, anybody that wants to hear that story, you're going to have to go into the Bronco Billy interview that we've had uh, about two weeks ago. And you can hear Lisa Dangale go into detail about what she thought, uh, why she has not uh, made any returns there. She she kind of puts that into perspective, uh, or at least her perspective, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. So <clears throat> in any case, Following the pay-per-view, the the show probably ran with another two weeks, and then it was pulled. And and I'm sure that the pay-per-view had some play into why that was off. But wow, after its what 15-year hiatus, uh, came back. Um, were you contacted in any regard as the to coming back to the show because a lot of the original cast hasn't come back i've only seen like five or six yes at the time i lived in southern california and i was one of the girls that was contacted Mm -hmm. uh, to come back and um at that time i was in mortgage and real estate and um, I just could not commit to WoW because I made more money. WoW didn't pay. I asked, I, and um, WoW just didn't pay for my time. I was making so much money in mortgage and real estate, and I just, I, I just couldn't focus on that. Well, and uh, right now, I have major chronic neck and back. Um, issues. So oh. uh, maybe I maybe I will one day only because I never won a match in a while and mm. I I need to. <laughs> but right now I have you know I had in the past four years I couldn't wrestle because actually the past five years I couldn't wrestle because a I got married I had I got pregnant mm. I had a ten pound baby. Oh. And I'm raising my kid. Yes, I'm raising my kid. He's three and a half. And I have chronic neck and back issues that so I can't wrestle. Oh. But yes, I was one of the, I was one of the girls that got uh, invited back and, and asked back. But at that time when I lived in LA, they weren't paying for me to show up and wrestle. And I don't need to be a snob or anything, but I just could not take time off and show up and go to L.A. from Orange County every day and practice. So I'm saying, like, 
I had to work. I had to make money. I, yeah. I, I was doing mortgage and real estate. I can't, I'm not going to drive 60 mi- miles round trip every other day to practice to make two, two $300 a day before it's aired. You know what I'm saying? When I could make that in a day sitting on my ass in the office not doing anything. So. Well, no, that... All of that makes sense, and, and again, you know, having talked to a number of you at this time, at, you know, from this point out, um, and I and I certainly don't want to make it sound as if there was no money in the wild, but I, I I get the impression, or at least I was told that it, it in some instances it wasn't comparable money to the situations that certain individuals were in. If that makes sense, um, I, I know Riot said something to the effect that most of the girls that she knew had jobs while they were doing WoW, and so now you're yeah. talking about going back into the 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 updated version of it, where clearly they the money is going behind production, but and you know taking care of catering and the backstage and this that and and the building rental and what have you, but it's not enough for, say, hey, I can drop everything that I'm going to do and I'm going to focus on exactly. this. Exactly. That, that's exactly. It's like I would, I just could not drop my job to do that, not even part-time. Like, if I lived in L.A., yeah, but I lived in Orange County. Round trip is 60 miles, 30 miles there, 30 miles back. And I worked like 50, 60 hours a day in mortgage room, no state. Uh, it, it just, it was not financially feasible for me. Uh, you know, I made more money in real estate. And hey, <laughs> it's one thing to do that when you, you just get started out in life, but you know, when you're a responsible adult, Sometimes money makes the difference. So, yeah, I, I, I get it. Well, it's not even that. It's not even that. Because of wrestling, I have chronic neck and back issues. Mm-hmm. It's not even about making money. It's like I'm afraid I'm going to jack myself up even more. Because you got to understand, all the small girls in WoW, we're the ones who got, like, we were the rag dolls. We're the ones who did more stunt work than all the big girls. Because the big girls gave moves. We're the ones who took the moves. So yeah, they got all you. the glory, and we, we got all the abuse. So here I am being a rag doll getting abused, and everyone else is getting all of, Oh, my God, you're so strong. You're so amazing. You're so strong. No, I'm the one that made you look good, and my neck and back is fucked up. You know? Yeah, I, I I saw you a couple of occasions, and uh, I brought it up to somebody else. I'm like, man, she took a hell of a bump flying out of this ring. Uh, certainly, these aren't bumps that you that weren't necessary. But man, you you it's like you went out your way to try to make whoever it was I at really the time did. look good. And and I point to a, a particular match because, uh, and it's fresh in my mind because of, of an interview is. The Asian Invasion versus Cage Heat at the end, it was like he, you went out to the ring twice. You flew over one side, came back in, you flew over the other side. And I think your, your head and neck caught the bottom rope on the on the, on the the roll down. So, I mean, it, it was a nasty yeah. bump. Uh, 
And I know there are some wrestling fans out there that don't necessarily understand because it wasn't a high spot, as we like to call it, or you weren't doing a triple Lindy moonsault or, you know, whatever the case may be. But wrestling is dangerous just in, I mean, you know, I don't know what kind of ropes you guys had, whether it's actually rope or cable or whatnot, but the, but when you go over, you typically don't want your head and neck to catch onto the bottom and cause additional whiplash onto the impact yep. that you're going when you're hitting the ground. Yep, I have permanent neck and back injuries on top of that, and I spent all the money I made in wrestling and doing appearances, I spent on chiropractors and therapy. Mm. Wow. Ah, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I, I have to ask... Um, just about the booking of the pay-per-view. Now, we talked about the success and or lack thereof of, of the Wild and Leash pay-per-view, but in the pay-per-view, one of the things that I, I kind of noticed in going back through it is like, uh, what was it? Uh, it was about 13 different matches. But of those 13 matches, maybe four or five had some sort of storyline behind it. Was And uh, it was the Asian Invasion versus Boom Boom and Caliente. Now, when they booked this, was, was somebody just backstage saying, okay, we got to get everybody into a match? I don't care what they're doing. They just got to I go know. There was, honestly, there was a storyline behind that. It was? I know. It's like, there was none. It's like, <laughs> what? What? Why are two baby faces fighting each other out of the blue? Yeah. Like I, different <laughs> continents. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask you. I was like, okay, because I thought Boom Boom and Caliente were two baby faces. The Asian Invasion were two baby faces. So, and, there, and the tag team tournament was over. So, what was the purpose of the match? It like it just came up. It was no rhyme or reason behind it. It was just like, hey, let's just have a match. It was so random. Oh, it was just like, so it was a storyline. It was random. And maybe they had a future storyline. I don't know. But. So random prior to the feature storyline. So they didn't explain it to any of you guys, like the, to the ones of you that had uh, random matches kind of pop up. They didn't say, "Okay, this is where we're going." It, it just happened. No, I was just happy because I love Caliente and Boom Boom. <laughs> okay. I'm like, All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play with my friends. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I was happy. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that works. At least, he, at least he has something out of it. Uh, <clears throat> right. Like, you're my friend, so I'm like, cool. Now, now, real quick, you also did uh, two other shows of similar uh, style than the WoW, Russellicious, and Crush. If you, was there any major difference to you between the promotions? Like, if you had to tell somebody, okay, WoW is this, Russellicious is this, and Crush is that. Uh, could you do it, or are they, are they all essentially the same flavor, different name? Oh, not at all. All, all of them were different. Wow, it is classic. It, it was legit. Mm-hmm. After that was Wrestlelicious, which was kind of like a knockoff, and Crush was a knockoff. Nothing compares to Wow. Wow is a classic and legit. 
Okay, so when when you're looking back and you want to and you want to tell somebody, hey, I want to show you pieces of my wrestling career. Wow, was the thing that you you would pull up? Oh yeah, Wrestlelicious and Crush would be like, oh, it just so happens these are the handful of girls that made it to Wrestlelicious and what and uh, Crush from Well, but. Uh, you know, WOW is a classic. It, it's, it's part of GLOW. I will always remember WOW. WOW will always have a special place in my heart. Well, that, I mean, clearly that must be the case, that it, it is a classic, because most people will remember it. And uh, Russell Lishes, you can find. Crush, I'm not even sure if you can locate. I, I, I tried looking for it. I was like, I don't see any of this. Yeah, um, they're they're just a knockoff version of Wow. I mean, I had fun with them, but but they, it, it's just but they basically wow was followed the, they were special. cookie cutter. They, 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 they just yeah, uh, like okay. Wow was so special. Wow, to me, Wow was more special than Glow. To me, Glow was cheesy, mm-hmm. and Wow, like the new Wow, is cheesy too. But the original Wow, he just nailed it at the perfect timing. Like, to me, when I grew up watching Glow, I loved it, but to me, it was cheesy. But what I was like, awesome. It, it was modernized, contemporary. It was cool. And then meanwhile, I, I, I saw it, and I'm like, oh my God, it's cheesy. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, that happens. Uh, but, You're uh, laughing because you know it's true. Well, I, well I've, <laughs> I've looked at some of them, and I've, I've been public about uh, the things that I like and I have, and I've, I've reviewed it. Now, some of the things on there I did enjoy. You know, I want to, I want to give credit where credit is due, but there, there were a couple of things I didn't necessarily agree with. Uh, I think they've I think they've done better in the last time because I, I think this is their third time coming off a hiatus and trying it again, so. Yeah, but you know what? Like, when you always... It's like watching Three's Company. Like, Three's Company is, like, my favorite sitcom in the whole world. And then as soon as you replace Chrissy Snow or Priscilla Barnes and, you know, whatever that ditz is, it's it's just... I don't know. It was another one. I thought that was her sister, the the other one. The cousin, yeah. Like, once you replace... Once you replace the original cast, it's just never the same. Well, that's true. It's not. They were just looking to keep it going. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's just not the same. And they, they managed to keep it going for a while, but, you know, hey. Yeah, but I, I don't even watch it. When I watch it, I'm like, ah, it's cheesy. It's just nothing for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you know, um, while I have you, I have to take you down memory lane here because I did go through, like I said, your appearances or Lotus's appearances on the Wild Show, and I've narrowed it down to the episodes and who you were taking on and what was happening. And if you got anything that pops up in your head as I go through this description, just just fire it at me. You good? That sound good? Okay. Okay, so... The first appearance of Lotus happens in episode one. Now, we talk about the matches here, not any backstage vignettes or anything like that. So, 
Episode okay. one it took place. Lotus was in the Battle Royal uh, for the Wild Championship. That was in the main event. And I think that's the, the one and only main event that Lotus was in. And officially, it was the first person out of the ring. At, do you have any memories of, of that Battle Royal? Yes, I do. It sucked. It's racism. It's racism. I wasn't going to bring that up. I was going, but I was going <laughs> to ask you why was it that Lotus was the first person out of this ring? Did they stretch it that know. way? I don't know. I I was pissed off about that. Selena Majors told us. On the order to leave, I'm like, whatever, Georgia Peach. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so I guess we, we'll put Selena on the on the blame for that one. And like, <laughs> you're going out first. <laughs> so yeah. whatever, I don't think she likes Asian. <laughs> <laughs> well, she likes. Jane, I don't know. Maybe she doesn't like Korean. She likes Jane. <laughs> she probably likes you. She 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 just didn't know how to how to book you. She she didn't know how to book Lotus. I, I'm just I'm gonna put it on that. No, no she, I'm, I'm, um, I'm trying to give it the benefit. I don't know. Whatever. I don't even care. I, I'm glad I was out. I didn't want to ruin my makeup anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you're in rare form tonight. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> so there you have it. The, the battle road happens. It goes. The next time we see Lotus would be some four episodes later on episode five, when it's Riot versus Lotus. When uh, Riot wins with the power bomb, Jade comes in after the match to help her out, but she catches two power bombs. So. I left looking at this match thinking, why did the Asian Invasion tag team debut in a singles match? I'm sorry, why what? Why did the Asian Invasion tag team debut in a singles match? Because this is the first time that we see the Asian Invasion. It's episode five, and, and it starts with just Lotus versus Riot. So the tag team is because there. They're racist. Because they're racist. Because oh. uh, one Asian cannot fight uh, one Caucasian, so they need to bring two. And we still lost. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Jay went in there and she, I, and she got beat up. She got caught two power bombs for it. Oh, yeah. That's why my neck is jacked forever. Yeah, I remember that. I, I still feel it now. <laughs> oh, well, well, I want to bring up, bring up the, the pain now. I'm sorry. Uh, so the first time we see you guys as a tag team, that's episode five of WoW, and that's the Asian Invasion versus, I guess, what would be considered the premier tag team of WoW, Cage Heat. Uh, this is the uh, first round of the uh, tag team tournament. Of course, Cage Heat wins that and advances on. But there's a spot in the match where Loka says, you moved ahead of time. And not wanting to take the leg drop off of the top rope from uh, Delta Lot of Pain. Do you do you recall that? No, I don't. But I hope they get deported. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that is what she said in in the interview that I had with her. She's saying that spot that she has where Delta goes to the top rope and does that little somersault leg drop. 
you move out of the way. She said that move, that Lotus move, it wasn't planned. Like she was supposed to take it, but you could, but you didn't want to, and you got out of the way. That that is the story. That oh was hell it. no, <laughs> no no no. I no, I, everything's choreographed, so I'm oh, trying to move to be you know, told to. Okay. But I, I ain't gonna let. No, I don't want her thunder thighs to land on my neck. <laughs> so okay, so so you do <laughs> you do agree that you you didn't want to. I don't want her thunder thighs to land on my neck. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I got you. And and this is the match that we were talking about earlier where you took some you took like three nasty bumps in there. They flew out over the top rope on one side. And I think he yeah, it was top rope and he caught you might have caught a little bit of the uh the the rope on the way down and then he came back in, took well capital punishment from them. They probably took oh, care of that. And then uh I think Loka puts you out on the other side of the ring where you took the the big header out over the top rope and caught your neck on the way down. So, I mean, that match, if anything, put a hurting on your body, that match probably did it. Probably something like that. All I know is I'm tore up from the blow up. That's all I know. <laughs> True story. I, I see. Uh, episode 11. I know this is probably not going to sit well. Slam Dunk versus both members of the Asian Invasion is is a handicap match. Slam Dunk wins the handicap match with a double choke slam. This match only essentially is there to put Slam Dunk over as the monster of WoW and Asian Invasion were the two that they served up to do it. Uh, Any memories of of this match at all? Yes. Yes. Like, my nose still hurts from that. She better pay for my new nose job. <laughs> yeah, I remember that clearly. Yeah, my my face and my my whole face and my nose was sore. <laughs> so how did the, the, how did they even pitch this to you in the backstage? Like, hey, we got a we got a great thing that's gonna happen here. The both of you are gonna get beat up by one person, and our one and only yeah. handicap match that we're ever gonna have. No, it didn't bother me because I, I honestly, like, I really thought I was a great seller. You were? Like, I, I, yeah, like, I, I, I really felt like I could really exaggerate the pain they're inflicting on me. And I'm so good at it. It's so natural. And the only reason why I'm so good at it is because I love inflicting pain on others. <laughs> well, well, then you should have turned heel. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. It's it's natural, but like honestly, like it, to me, it was a performance, and it was my pleasure to make the best of it. Like at that moment, like I didn't even care. I didn't even feel pain until after. Like I just wanted to be the best performer and I wanted to make it look so real I didn't care what kind of pain I went through and I didn't even feel pain until the next day that that was that adrenaline pumping you, you was you was yeah drunk and ready to go That's... I I did not even care it was all about I wanted to make it real and so painful when people felt like ouch that hurt 
Well, it really did, but I wanted them to feel my pain too. You know what I mean? Yeah, so so you just exaggerated a tad to 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 sell it that much more. Um, so yeah, you did your job. You you guys put slam dunk over, and like I said, the only purpose that match served was basically to get her over as the monster of wow. Like I I am the biggest, the baddest, or whatever the heck. Um, so moving down. The next time is the Asian. Well, I can't even say the Asian Asian. It was uh, you. It was Lotus, episode seventeen, taking on Jungle Girl, and of course this match. Oh my god! I thought she was gonna pop my implant. Honestly, <laughs> I thought like my silicones were gonna leak through my body. Like I, God, that scared the shit out of me. Even during practice, I was so scared because anything could happen. One slight. Off move, and my implants are out on my face. Dude, that was so scary. Because I was laying down on my back, and she just like got on the ladder and landed on me, and that was so freaking scary. Because anything could happen, mm. and I, I have silicone implants. It would have exploded. My my nose, everything like could. Dude, that was scary. That was so scary, honestly. <laughs> Well, well, that's one of the parts of being a wrestler that I guess doesn't get talked about a lot is the is the uh, is it now factor. It's like I have to lay here on the on the mat and just kind of wait for, <laughs> for the impact. Oh to come down God, it's it's so scary. It's like even during practice when that happened, like I would mess up and I would move because I'm so scared. She might land on me wrong, right? I'm like freaked out. Even if I close my eyes, everything could happen. I don't trust her. What if she slips? I'm fucked, right? <laughs> yeah. And um, even during practice, I'm laying there. Like, I can't. Do you know how hard it is to just lay there straight without moving? Because it's so hard. You have no idea. Try doing that with a pretty face and silicone breast implants. Good luck. <laughs> Well, I know that uh, if nothing else, your natural instinct is to just want to get out of the way. So, yeah, I, I can I can see that. But of course, the the result here is not a big surprise. A jungle girl goes over when she wins with a top rope splash. Uh, this match is filler. This is just there to kind of set up Jungle Girl versus Becky the Farmer's daughter, who comes out directly after the match is over with. So, uh. There's a lot of stuff that's going on that that Lotus is basically there to sell for. You, you, you're helping make the other girls seemingly. Yeah, the job or my job was to freaking make everyone else look good. I swear to God, I, I want my time. <laughs> I want to be in the match and I want to beat people up with a freaking bat. I want my my time. Where, where's my vengeance? Where's my time? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, so we can skip the pay-per-view because we talked about the uh, random match that got tossed together. We know Boom Boom and Caliente won. Uh, that that's pay-per-view land. But then after the pay-per-view, which uh, which I now understand, these matches were taped preceding the pay-per-view, so it didn't make any difference. Uh, Harley's Angels versus the Asian Invasion, which. Surprise, surprise. Oh, I love them. They're like my favorite tag team. I love Harley's Angels. Uh, 
Harley's and Enzo, why were they your favorite tag team? They, they were just fun to get in the ring with? Or? They're hilarious. They're just so funny. Harley's Angels and Katie are my favorite tag teams. Mm. But I don't like Katie anymore because they unfriended me on Facebook because of my political views. So fuck them. <laughs> okay. Well, we, we want to... We won't go into the political tirades today. I'm sorry that y'all have had a falling out over over politics. That that's not, that's not good. That's why we have no religion, no politics in wrestling. We just have wrestling. Well, the someone to unfriend me to so fuck them. Ah, well. Ah. I'm part of these angels. They're cool. <laughs> Harley's Angels. Okay, so you still you still down with Harley's Angels? I love them. So Harley's Angels, they win with a double DDT, popping Jade, and then they hit Lotus with a double DDT too. Although the production team seemingly didn't catch that because they went off to a replay just as they was hooking head in for it. So it's assumed that you that Lotus got hit with a with a double DDT. Uh, this is easily the most competitive outing that the, the Invasion had up until this point. It's about the only time that we really saw uh, the Invasion kind of fight back without being squashed entirely. So maybe it was ramping up towards the Asian Invasion getting to a point where they could score a win. I don't know. But do you remember uh, this being any different when y'all were wrestling that Harley's Angel actually gave y'all some offense in the match? Nope. Nope, you don't remember nope. any of that? Okay. You have to go back and watch. Nope. Nope. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A little because I got to do more moves on this. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you tossed in a nice uh, kick on the side of somebody's head or something like that. I did cartwheel, round off, and elbow, and yeah, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, and all, all I remember is easy riders uh, like riding on my neck, like uh, Harley, yes. uh, on the corner, on the uh, corner of the. Yeah, did that, that little my that Bronco Buster on you. Yeah, I remember that. And the last appearance that you had. Uh, as far as WoW was against Fair, the Persian Princess in Paradise, the Asian Invasion took them on, and uh, Fair and Paradise win at the double Persian leg sweep. You recall them, or do you recall Paradise or Fair or the match at all, or any, anything that you have there as it relates to the the ending of WoW? Oh yeah, I I remember Paradise. Fair the Persian Princess. Yes. I don't even know why they brought that character up. Nobody likes that character. Nobody likes Middle Eastern character. Oh. I don't know why they even brought it up. Ah well, is is that her background? Now, okay, weren't were they picking characters based on where you're from, your personal background, and stuff like that? Yes. Yes, it was contradictory, and they discouraged her from using certain names and certain 
certain whatever, especially after 9-11. Oh, okay. So, so even though she was labeled a Persian princess, they downplayed her background. I don't know. That's a lame character to begin with. I wish they would just get deal with deal with it. To be honest, with fair. Well, I mean, there is no fair now. That there, there, there's nothing related to it at all. Yeah, it's a. It's I don't. That character is just stupid to begin with. I don't even know why they why they even brought it up because it's so politically controversial to begin with. I, well, did you say that? They, who's the? I can't remember the writer's name. What did you say his name was? Steve Blanche. Okay, Blanche. Now, wasn't he responsible for some of that? My, maybe he just pulled it up because that's what he knew. He, I mean, you said that he was uh, kind of, I don't want to say lost in the 80s, but. Yeah, does, does they did pull back a lot. They, they already did. Okay. They pulled back a lot with her character because of 9-11. Okay. Because I was going to say, I mean, the only thing that I, I wouldn't dare, of course, clearly, but the only thing that I can really think of in, in regards to that is that at one point in time, that kind of nationalist character was the thing to do in wrestling. You had your Iron Sheiks and uh, your, your Russian Nightmares and, you know, th things of that nature where you just played off of the the country. and But, but Farrah was... I don't recall her ever running around saying I hate America. So, so I mean, I don't know what the point of it was, other than to say that she was from another country. She wasn't a rebel. She was fairer than Persian princes. So why would she hate anything? No, that's what that's what I mean. I was like, I, so I, I don't. I'm just making that comparative to you know what where those kind of characters kind of stemmed from. Yeah, it was a sore subject because right after that was 9-11, so her character was very limited. That's why it disappeared. Well, she she got her last her last look on the show. She like I said, she was wrapped up in this match with uh, the the invasion in paradise. So you guys had another all babyface match here. I mean, it's, it's almost like he was just running out of opponents. Yeah, they just wanted a bunch of cute girls attacking each other. Well, that's what they got. So, so, <laughs> so there you have it. That was the last match that the Asian Invasion appeared in, and we closed the book on it. And, we, and we've already answered the question why you didn't go back. Uh, you said, A, uh, your body. They don't pay. They, they don't pay, pay enough. They ain't, and they're not paying so, what you need. Pam, I'm jacked up my body. See ya. <laughs> so, so, you know, normally I would say, you know, they got to pay like your way, but, you know, you probably want a little bit more than that. So, you know, got to get some good yeah, some good money in there. They don't pay. They, they just didn't pay me. They just don't pay enough mm -hmm. to jack up my body, and my body's already jacked. Well, I would love to come back and win a match because I'm the only chick that never won a match. Like, I would do it if I were, like, 
to promote it or be a valet or a manager, mm-hmm. or if I could win a match, because I'm the only one that didn't win a match, so I'm doing a match. But other than that, it's not worth jacking up my body. My my body hurts. Okay, well, here, here's something for you. Now, generally speaking, when I do these interviews, I have a little segment that I like to call fantasy booking. And I asked the uh, interviewee to pitch me the story of, that they would like to have for you know their career. In your case, he's saying that you want that one match. So w- under what circumstances, let's just assume that WoW comes out of the blue and say, hey, we're going to give you $1,500 for the day to come here and do a TV taping. I'm, I'm assuming that's, that's fair money. Okay, so if that were the case, if you go back in, what story would you pitch them to say, okay, this is what I want Lotus to do? Yeah, this is the, okay, oh my God, I'm so happy you asked me this. If Lotus was to come back, Mm -hmm. she would come with a vengeance because she's pissed off. She's tired of being the spiritual, stereotypical Asian, oh, so sorry. Thank you, character. Okay? Mm-hmm. She's going to come back with a vengeance and, and basically come back with a bat and beat everyone's head off that even talks back to her or even looks at her funny because she's just frustrated. She's just had enough. But in particularly... The people that she wants to beat the fuck out of mm-hmm. is, is her tag team partner for making her lose. I would hope she would turn on, on her partner and say, shut the fuck up with your stupid jade that did nothing. You're believing in the wrong God. Bash her stupid jade. Eat her up. Hit up KG, the felons, deport their ass back to their countries and say, make American great again. And who else did I fight? Jungle Girl? I'm cool with Jungle Girl. She can kick my ass all she wants. I like Jungle Girl. Uh, I would like to tag team with Boom Boom, the Hawaiian, whatchamacallit. Um, I like Jungle Girl. I just want to come back with a vengeance, basically, and I just want to kick everybody's ass that uh, I had to be a jobber for. That's all. Uh, it's, it's my time and my glory. I made, I got my ass kicked and my neck and back jacked up to make them look good. Now it's their time to make me look good. All right. Well, perhaps David McLean will cough up some extra dough and get you in there. I mean, I, I, I certainly wouldn't want you to go in and uh, risk further injury, uh, you know, for whatever payday is done, because we don't want you to cripple or walking around, rolling around in a wheelchair, nothing like that. However, if, if you were going to do it, I think I could, I would book a nice safe way to get Lotus her, her victory so she doesn't go down in the history of WoW as the only person never to win a WoW match. I, I would just have you go back, start off with the same rigmarole that you just said. You know, I, I'm tired. I didn't get the chance to win. 
you know, y'all make me sick, and blah, 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 you, know, you go heal, but you go heal as a manager, and then you have somebody that, that represents you. you take a, take on a match, you have them get beat up, we'll just say the beast, because that's the, the biggest, baddest chick that they got in there right now. And uh, take that into a handicap match. So that way, after all the heavy lifting's done by the partner, you can tag yourself in, go in there, cover it up. Cover it up, one, two, three, Lotus gets her win without having to do any work or hurt herself. Bing, bang, boom. History has changed and all is right with the world. Yes, I want to cast a team of Terry Gold and Bronco Belly and me. And uh, I want to fight against my own partner, Jade and KG, and support their ass and say, make America great again. Namaste. <laughs> okay, now I will reiterate. <laughs> I will not touch any political stances on the show. Uh, <laughs> I will just, I will leave it at that. I don't know. No, I want to make it political because KG unfriended me on my own Facebook because of my political views. I, That's why I have animosity towards them. I don't like dealt a lot of pain, and I don't like Luca because they unfriended me because I'm pro-Trump. So they can kiss, kiss my yellow ass. <laughs> ah, well, I, I don't know if either one of them will hear this particular interview or not. No. Well, I hope they do because uh, they can kiss my yellow ass. I, I hope they do. Oof. They unfriended because of my political view, so they can suck Chuck robot. I can care less. Well, it's been some, some some heat going on there, and I don't mean the cage. Yeah, guys, no so. rude. Yeah, I, I like when they post political stuff. I never said anything, but when I post political stuff, they don't like it, and they unfriended me. So fuck them. Mm, well. Well, like I say, <laughs> we have uh, learned quite quite a bit today. We should take it to the real ring. Well, y'all don't have to get into the real ring now. You, you, can, you can keep it inside of the wow. And I don't know if y'all need to be in the same building at this point. That sound like it's it's beyond. Uh, the the sisterhood, which was wow at this point. Well, yeah, they're asked to get deported, but anyways, I just realized I thought they were rude for unfriending me, so whatever. I don't care. Well, well, I I am uh sorry to hear that, but uh, bringing this back around to wrestling, uh, uh. The final question before uh, we, we wrap it up. Uh, having done WOW, having done WrestleLicious, having done Crush, and with a number of wrestling promotions that have existed, you know, in between that time, did it ever come to your attention that, you know, that you might want to go into another wrestling promotion uh, outside of those three? Did you ever go into training for the indies or were you ever approached by another promotion to say hey we'd like to bring in or anything like that or was it just hey once WoW ended that was pretty much it 
Well, we were all under contract mm-hmm. and uh, when it got canceled, and we were under the impression that it will come back. And so, like, none of us, like, solicited to other um, federations. Uh, I know a few of us wanted to go to WWE. One of us did, and she got blacklisted. Um, Somebody went to WWE and got blacklisted. We're gonna come back. Yeah, we were told that we can't go to other federations. Okay. And if we do, we can't come back. But one of us went to another federation. Okay. She never came back. She got injured. Okay. She got injured at that federation. Never came back. Okay. Is there a name that that you can get behind that? Or? No, 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 I don't want to. Uh, no, no. Okay. But I'm just saying that. Um, yeah, we we were approached. I was approached by Restlicious and Crush. Okay. And I went there. Uh, it, but I only went there because it was five, six years since. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's like, are you coming back or not? It's been five, six years, so... But he never pursued, and he didn't sue us or anything. I mean, it was like five, six years. Nothing happened with WoW. So a few of us went to Wrestlelicious and Crush, and nothing happened there. Okay, well, I guess those that is the fate of those particular uh, entities. Uh, wrong place, wrong time, perhaps. But, I mean... uh I guess maybe it'll come back. Well, I'm not going to say maybe Russell Licious. I know that somebody has tried. I'm not necessarily looking forward to that coming back around, but that's just me. Uh, so we'll leave it We'll leave it on this note that WoW has returned in some form or fashion. Uh, David McLean appears to be holding on to the dream of getting it back on air and back on TV to some regard is, is on this third or fourth hiatus at this point. Uh, they're, they're just not nearly as long as what you had to deal with. It's not in a 50-year hiatus, maybe five or six months at this point. So how he manages to hold on to a roster with five or six months in between rest periods is uh, beyond me, but it's not my job to figure it out either. So that said... Lotus, thank you for coming onto the show and sharing all this uh, information about your time and the wow and, and the history of wrestling and, and kind of uh, doing me a solid and peeling back the curtain of the things that have been going on on the show over the years. No problem. My pleasure. It was uh, wonderful having you on. And, and for everybody that's been tuning in to this interview, I want to thank you for... Uh, taking the time out to, to listen to this and you probably heard a lot more than what you ever expected to get out of this interview because at the end here Lotus just let it rip so <laughs> you got some <laughs> you just got you some, some extra juice out of that, that interview but uh, if you're going to support this show and keep the, these uh, podcasts going be sure to go to WPNWrestling.com and visit our website. Go to WPN Wrestling on Instagram and Twitter. You can go Women's Pro Wrestling Network, all one word, on Facebook and YouTube. All of those sites and locations and platforms 
we got all of our good stuff. If you hit one of those uh, Amazon links, if I happen to have one in the description, click that if you're going to buy some because it tosses them kick back to the show. And of course, the show needs it because this stuff ain't cheap. So, with that, thank you everybody again for myself and for Lotus and for WOW, I guess. I'm going to give them a little shout out too and the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. And until the next interview, so long, everybody. Ciao. Bye. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.